0: You're listening to Sermoncast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hull United Methodist Church. Be sure to visit us at hopehullumc.org slash sermons, where you can subscribe to future episodes of Sermoncast and browse our archive of past messages. Thanks for tuning in. When it comes to talking about spiritual gifts, different people in the church have different reactions, don't they? Some people uh, have a really healthy thoughtful approach to the gifts of the Spirit. They've spent some time reflecting on how the Spirit wants to be at work in their life and through them to to serve the church and to engage in ministry in different kinds of ways. Others of us can be a little more skittish sometimes, maybe a little more skeptical. Not quite sure what's going on there. I've heard some things. Maybe that's good for some people, but I've got my doubts. Sometimes those doubts are not unfounded. Chances are we've seen the TV preachers. (laughs) And there's a lot of talk about spiritual gifts and maybe some people are, things are happening and some claims are being made and then all of a sudden they pass a basket around and ask for money and then... Maybe it's just really focused on the ego of the guy on the camera, and we're kind of thinking, you know, there's a lot going on here, and it looks a little sensational, and is that legitimate? Wherever you are, whether you've got a a healthy appreciation for what the Lord Jesus does through His Spirit in the church, maybe you're a little, I'm not sure what's going on there, and maybe you've seen some folks who really abuse this kind of passages about the gifts of the spirit wherever you are i'm wondering if we can maybe just kind of put those kinds of things on the shelf for a minute and say hey you know what i'm open to see you know i want to put my skepticism on the shelf and just say you know what the bible devotes a significant amount of space to this we've read 13 verses of 1 corinthians 12 paul deals with the same topic of spiritual gifts all the way through chapter 13 and 14. that's a lot of space a lot of letters in the ancient world weren't even that long Paul gives three chapters in this one letter to this topic of spiritual gifts. The Bible talks about it. And if the Bible talks about it, we want to wrestle with it. Try to get clear on what's going on. Even if some people, we don't want to miss God's best just because some people abuse it. Paul says that the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, are given for our common good. So if we never go there, if we never spend some time thinking about what's Jesus want to do through His Spirit in this place, if we never go there, we're going to miss out on the good that God has for us. So as we kind of pull our thoughts together and reflect on this idea that Paul has, or this this revelation that Paul has, uh, how God gives gifts for the common good, then we're in a position maybe to kind of summarize that. Say, this is really about service, isn't it? Not about the guy, you know on the stage. It's really about service, not putting a spotlight on whoever is manifesting some surprising gift. It's really about how Jesus works through, how the Spirit works through His people, the glory of Jesus and the Father. So if we can keep those kinds of things in mind, maybe we can kind of sum it up with this one sentence and flesh it out. The Spirit empowers through gifts that we can serve. Gifts of the Spirit empower service, not ego. That's where we want to live, isn't it? That was a problem in Corinth. you got people who are sort of manifesting these charismatic, striking gifts, maybe speaking in tongues or some sort of healing, and it's all about me. Hey, look, what I can do speak in the tongues of angels yeah you may not be able to understand a word of it and it's not helpful to you in any way but check out me look at the thing that i can do and paul's worried about that he's he's got some issues with it because whenever the spotlight goes to one person in the community and everybody else kind of gets sidelined then the church is in danger of losing focus on its mission isn't it and so he comes to the corinthians he says look The Spirit gives gifts. Striking things happen sometimes in the gathering of the people of God. That's there. We've got to acknowledge that, even if it makes us uncomfortable. question is, how does it work? And is it really about individual believers in Corinth kind of puffing themselves up? Or is it about how the Spirit of God wants to work for the common good of the people of God? The Spirit... Gives gifts to empower service, not puff up egos, doesn't he? Now, the Corinthians are a people with a variety of problems. It always uh, makes me laugh when I hear folks say, we've got to get back to the New Testament church. <laughs> and I always want to say, have you read 1 Corinthians lately? Because if that's the church you want to get back to, I'm not sure I want to be involved in it. <laughs> the church in Corinth was racked by division and immorality, and all sorts of problems. And Paul wrote 1 Corinthians a very long letter, second longest letter he wrote, because there were so many things that had to be dealt with. So yeah, we want to be a New Testament church, but we don't necessarily want to be exactly like the churches that were written to in the New Testament, because there were a lot of things that had to be dealt with there. So Paul writes 1 Corinthians to deal with a lot of problems, to deal with some divisions, and it looks like you read through the first chapters of 1 Corinthians that some of those divisions, you know, there were some people who kind of thought they had a particular wisdom or a particular uh, power that got to give them some special knowledge. And that may have been sort of puffed up and manifested through something like speaking in tongues. And he writes, and if you read through the first few chapters, he says over and over and over again, it's like wisdom is a buzzword for Paul. You think you have wisdom? God's wisdom is far more brilliant than anything you've got. Wisdom is a gift. He just goes on and on and on. And he wants to remind them that everything they have from God is gift. They don't show up with, hey, look what I've got to contribute. Everything... They have is gift. And you don't use the gifts of God for your own agenda. That's Paul's point here. He wants the Corinthians to understand you don't use the gifts that God gives, right? You didn't just show up particularly bright, more so than everybody else. You have nothing that wasn't given to you. So a lot of what Paul's got to do here is kind of create some humility among the Corinthians. And all of his talk of spiritual gifts. And it's not without context, it comes in that context. He wants to kind of bring them down a few notches. Yeah, we're going to talk about what the Spirit wants to do, but you've got to realize, first of all, it's the Spirit who does it. Your ability to discern, or maybe this, this wisdom, or however the Spirit shows up and however you're serving, it's about serving, not about your agenda. So That's where Paul wants them to live. He wants them to see the church. The gathered people of God as the major place where the gifts of the Spirit are focused. This is about serving the church. One example comes up in the next couple of chapters. It says, look, you know, maybe somebody's speaking in tongues. And no one has any idea what they're talking about. Maybe you've been in a setting like that. I don't know. Paul seems cool with speaking in tongues. What he's not cool with is not is having uh, nobody have any idea what's going on. It's great for the person who's feeling the spirit. Everybody else is kind of hanging there, sitting there with their mouths hanging open, going, "What is happening right now?" You know? Paul says you got it. Somebody's got to explain what's going on because it's not about that guy. It's about the edification of the church. So he lays down kind of some guidelines, not because he's consumed with the rules but because he wants to keep the energy focused on the common good. That's what's going on for Paul. So he wants the Corinthians to not think about themselves, their ego, look at me, I've got the gift. I've got this thing I can do, this manifestation of the spirit. He wants it to think about not just as your particular manifestation because you're so special, but the manifestation of the spirit as a gift for the service of the church. That kind of holds this whole argument together. And if we start there, instead of kind of like, what in the world is he talking about? Because I've never seen any of this or experienced it. If we start in that place, how does the Spirit want to be at work through me for the common good? That's a question we can work with, isn't it? How does the Holy Spirit want to work through me for the good of the people of God? I hope we're all asking that question on a regular basis. That's what Paul's talk of spiritual gifts is about, step one. That's what's going on. So what are these gifts? Well, in some ways, uh, it's hard to say. He gives lists, but the lists are also quite situated, and they're apparently not every option. Every option isn't on the list, right? So there's a list in 1 Corinthians 12, At the beginning, there's a few more at the end of the chapter we didn't read where he mentions um, God has appointed uh, apostles, prophets, teachers. Teaching is a gift. Gifts of healing, forms of assistance. You have the spiritual gift of assistance. (laughs) That sounds really exciting, doesn't it? Notice how he's kind of taking it off this showy, look at me thing and says, hey, maybe you just need to help somebody out this week. But that's another list. Assistance, leadership, various kinds of tongues. Paul says elsewhere that he spoke in tongues. It's not a litmus test for him that everybody's got to do it, but he did it. Working of miracles. You, uh, most Methodists don't realize John Wesley raised a guy from the dead one time. Yeah, I see some eyes blink at me there, right? Uh, if you read through his journals, he says, We went to this guy's house, and he was dead when we showed up, and I prayed for him, and after a little while, like he got up and had some supper. <laughs> If you want to see more about that, let me know after the service. I'll send you a link. <laughs> it's remarkable, The Holy Spirit works in surprising ways. The point is not to get caught off on, hey, look at me and how the Spirit's working through me. The point is, how can I serve the church? How can the Spirit work through me for the common good of the people of God? So there are lists. You've got uh, in the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12 this word of wisdom, this word of knowledge. Um, prophecy, miracles, discernment of spirits, interpretation of tongues, speaking in tongues. Over in Romans chapter 12, there's another list. In Ephesians 4, there's another list. And so you've got all these lists that just kind of run through the letters and whatever Paul wants to mention at the time, he throws it out there and it's there. And they're not all the same and sometimes the same thing will show up in different lists. But it's not as if we can kind of catalog, hey, here's 28 and a half gifts and these are the gifts of the spirit and there's no other options and you got to have one of these so pick out which one is yours right that's not what that's not the purpose of his list that's not what's going on in fact the list in first corinthians 12 was designed to kind of bring the corinthians down a few notches because they were caught up in look at my wisdom look at the special knowledge i have so the first thing paul says one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom any wisdom you have it's not really cause to get on an ego trip it's a gift and if the spirit doesn't give it you don't have it any knowledge it's not special knowledge that is just you're just this really bright person who's got it all together it's a gift and it looks like they may have connected this Special knowledge with speaking in tongues. Like in the early 50's when Paul's writing this letter. As you can imagine, you know, if somebody gets up in Corinth and starts speaking in some language that no one understands, right? what's that all about? Well, I have this unique special knowledge and you're not privy to it. (laughs) That's not really helpful, is it? Look at me. God's given me this special knowledge. And so at the beginning of the list, Paul mentions hey, knowledge, wisdom, discernment, those are gifts. It's not because you're bright, it's because the Spirit's kind. And at the very end of the list, he mentions that speaking the tongues of angels, whatever that is, that's a gift. So the whole list there is kind of bookended with words and gifts that are intended by Paul to take the Corinthians from here to here. It's like, you think you got it together, the Spirit's really giving it, a, it's a grace. It's, great. it's just His kindness. So there's all these lists that Paul has in different places. And in some, at least in 1 Corinthians, the list is sort of structured to kind of, not just like a catalog, but a, a humbling experience for the, for the Corinthians. So I find it more helpful to really kind of say, all right, you know, I mean, how does the spirit really like when I'm pausing and when I'm quiet, when I'm sort of sitting back and saying, you know, spirit of God, I know you want to work. What do you want that to look like? That's the question. And how can the way that you have gifted me, whether it's teaching or leadership or whatever it is, how can you help? How can you work through me for the good of your people? And if we can live there, that's a healthy place to be. And the temptation is often, especially with like, the gifts that are a little more public, like get in front of, getting up in front of people every week and talking. Right? There is a temptation to run the ego thing, isn't there? You've always got to be saying, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, I may have been leading this committee for 15 years, <laughs> but it's not about me, it's about the good of the church. And if it's, that's where we got to live. We'll face temptations like that, won't we? I've been running this project, this program. I've been leading that thing. It's mine. Whenever we find ourselves saying things like that or thinking that, maybe we don't, we, don't, we don't always say them, but we think them. <laughs> That's a place where we've got to say, you know what? That's a red flag, Jesus. That's a red flag. I've had times in my ministry Maybe moving from one church to another. Maybe wasn't quite ready to move, but the bishop had other plans. I built it. I let it. I've worked. I've given all of it. I I remember times I've said to Jesus, Jesus, I'm not ready to go. I've given everything I've got for years to this project. I've built it. I've worked. I've sweated. I've, I've, I've wept. I've stressed all these things over this. And Jesus says, it's not yours. mine that church belongs to me I bought it with my blood you're there for a season use the gifts I've given you for the common good I say the season is over it's over a temptation will be there friends When we give our love and when we give our energy to things, it's very easy to kind of step over that line from, I'm doing it for the common good. And we'll say that to people, right? I'm doing it for the common good when really we're, this is my baby and nobody else can have it. (laughs) Ever been there? Gifts Gifts of the Spirit empower service, not ego. That's Paul's point here. Wherever it is, Whether it's public, visible, and attention-getting, it's for the common good. Whether it's behind closed doors, taking out the trash when nobody's looking, serving, assisting, it's for the common good. So my invitation, rather than trying to nail down the specifics of what is a word of wisdom. How do, how do we exercise the gift of healing? Does the Spirit gives the, give those gifts to people? Absolutely He does. There's some Christian traditions that say, you know what, God doesn't give gifts like speaking in tongues anymore. God doesn't give these kind of supernatural gifts, we call them. God, did, he just That was for them, not for us. First century's over, that ended. Like, I don't want to tell Jesus He can't work however He wants to. Kind of where, like I. <laughs> it may not be something I'm especially comfortable with. It may not be something that I'm like, hey, let's see if we can't work this out over it. You know. But whatever Jesus wants to do, that's His business. And if the Holy Spirit wants to give gifts, and the Son of God wants to send His Spirit to give gifts, whether I'm comfortable with that or not is not really His priority. And people debate, are they given? What does it look like? Is this the gift? Is that the gift? How about, let's just put those questions on the shelf and say, how does the Spirit want to work for me through me for the common good of the people of God? Can we agree that that's the question Paul really wants them to ask? How does the Spirit of God want to work through me for the common good of the people of God? And by extension, the world. Because the thing is, when churches are... You know, if you got people who are driven by the ego thing, look at me, look at me, this is my project, that's my. You can't lead that, I've been doing it, it's mine. And if that's where we live, it's very hard to be focused on the mission, isn't it? If I'm focused on kind of my turf, I'm not focused on his mission. And so instead of saying, hey... <laughs> This is mine, you can't have it. I'm gifted for it. I want to be saying, "Spirit of God, how do you want to work through me for the good, for the common good of the people of God who are in mission to the world?" Now, the interesting thing for Paul, no one is exempt from the gifts of the Spirit. Not the children, not the elderly, Not the rich, not the poor. It's not a matter of ethnicity. He mentions Jews and Greeks, black, white, Asian, Central American, regardless of skin tone, accent. No matter, like, in fact, the point for Paul is diversity in this one. He's like, there are all sorts of different gifts, there are a diverse range of gifts, right? So that no one person gets all the glory and everybody needs somebody else. And he uses this metaphor of a body to illustrate. Right? My legs would have a hard time without my arms. My left hand would be handicapped without my right hand to to assist it. My feet. Would not know where to go without eyes in my head. And Paul says, Look, that's how the church works. Right? You got all these different people with different gifts, and you, Jesus brings that together in his spirit, and it works in this lovely way. Just complementary, one body, many gifts. Unity with diversity. And that's a theme that Paul runs all over his letters. Because for Paul, the unity in the Spirit, which manifests in a diverse range of gifts, shows the world something about the character of God, who is one God. And you heard how many times he said, one Spirit, one God, one Spirit, one God. But at the same time, you hear Paul saying, talking about his experience of the Father, his experience of the Son, and his experience of the Spirit. He never uses the word Trinity, but he talks about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all the time. He insists on one God, but he'll tell you about the three persons. There's something about our God who made all things and called us to be his people. He's one God. But he's also three persons. And if the church can be one church with a variety of gifts that work together, as those three persons of the Trinity work together for our good, for the life of the world, then we'll be in a better position mysteriously and beautifully to show the world what our God is like. One, many, all at the same time. Don't ask me to explain it. But if I can get somebody gifted in one way, working together with somebody gifted in another way, working together with somebody gifted in another way, I'll show you what it looks like. See what Paul's after here? If he can get some light-skinned Europeans and some dark-skinned Jewish folks to work together for the common good, he'll be doing something nobody else in the first century could do in the power of the Spirit. how does the Spirit want to work through me for the common good of the people of God? That's the question. And if we're going to ask that question, we need to be ready for the answer. No matter who we are. This isn't something you wait until you're a grown-up for. You've got to be 18 before the Spirit starts giving gifts. Or you've got to go through confirmation before the Spirit starts giving gifts. Heard some of our children perhaps show some evidence that maybe there's some gifting in compassion. Absolutely beautiful that is. If we have eyes to see, we'll see how sometimes I suspect the Holy Spirit is more quick to give gifts to the folks you least expect. <laughs> so how does the Spirit want to use you nobody's exempt from the question how does the spirit want to use you for the common good of the people of God everyone receives the gifts of the spirit everyone has a role to play in the body what's your role that's the question some of you may be very clear on that I know what the Lord has called me to do I know what he wants me to do I know what I'm gifted to do. Your calling and your gifts don't always go together. (laughs) So that's not an excuse. But for some folks, there's a lot of clarity. For others, you may be asking the question for the first time. You may be saying, hey, you know, I'm not really like, what does the Spirit? I've never really thought about the Holy Spirit working through me. What does He want to do? (laughs) It's kind of an interesting idea, maybe a little bit scary, kind of exciting. There's some things going on there. And so I want to invite you to say, you know, I'm going to test the waters. I'm not quite sure, but I'm gonna find a place to go and serve the church. I'm gonna let the I wanna give the Spirit an occasion to work through me for the common good of the people of God. Not for my ego, for your good, for the good of the church, to the glory of Jesus, in the power of the Spirit. That's why we've given you this. It's not just a gimmick, it's not just a sign up sheet. My hope is that it is a tool for spiritual growth. There is a list, front and back, of ways to serve. And you may not know how you're gifted. Sometimes there's a discernment process. Rarely do people show up and say, you know what, I'm gifted to teach junior high Sunday school. (laughs) Like nobody thinks they're gifted for that from the start. But sometimes they say, you know what, there's a need there. Maybe I can help out. And after six months, maybe after a year, they begin to say, you know what, maybe I am gifted for this. this is incre- These students are incredible people. And what an amazing opportunity the Spirit of God has given me to, f- to form them in the image of God in this way. And maybe I am excited about that and gifted about it, but I never would have known if I hadn't just sort of taken a chance. Signed up. How does the Spirit want to work through me for the common good of the people of God? I really don't like, you know, maybe you're an introvert, and the idea of talking to people when they walk up to the front door is apt just, I'd rather go sit in that room by myself and not, you know, just no. All right. But maybe the Lord wants to do something there. Maybe the Lord wants you to be the guy who stands out in the front and says, Hey, come on in. I'm really glad you're here. I'll show you where the coffee is. And maybe that person will meet Jesus for the first time because you were willing to do something that may not have been particularly comfortable. Let me show you where the coffee is. You may want to take some time and pray over which box you're going to tick. That's okay. We're going to leave these baskets out for a while. (laughs) And if they disappear and you still got your form, you can just drop it off in the office at the front door. But I hope you won't wait too long. Because sometimes waiting is an excuse. I think I know what the Lord wants me to do but I'm just gonna, I just need to pray about it a little bit longer. Here's the thing, friends. If you know what the Spirit of God wants to do through you, stop praying about it and do it. So when the, we're going to sing in a moment. When the service is over, there's a basket here at the front, a basket at the back. This is one of the three things we want everybody doing. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means you worship Him. It means you connect with other people, and it means you serve. We can all do that every week. Trusting that the Lord Jesus Christ, through His Holy Spirit, will show up and reproduce His character in us. Strengthen the people of God. And I want you to just dream for a moment. If everybody in the room, take a look around for one thing. Take a look around. If everybody in the room said, you know what, every week, I'm going to worship Jesus. I'm going to gather with other believers to learn more about Scripture and the faith. And I'm going to serve somewhere. What do you think Jesus would do in this place? Three things. How does the Spirit want to work through us? Each of us. For the common good of the people of God and the whole world. Not to puff up anybody's ego, not to give anybody a platform. To glorify Jesus for the life of the world—that's what spiritual gifts are about. It's not scary. Well, maybe it is. We don't have to be skittish about that. But we'll find, if we're open to it, is that the Spirit of God will work mightily through His people, in a surprising and spectacular way.